Hey guys, on this episode of EdTech, I'm going to be talking with Scott Tyner and Ernie Bailey as we talk about the semiconductor shortage and how this is affecting AV and how staffing is affecting trade shows. All this and more on EdTech. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is EdTech, episode 98, AV and global supply chain issues. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Extron, industry-leading technology backed by world-class support. This is EdTech, the monthly higher ed tech podcast. I'm your host, Bill O'Donnell. Uh, this month, I'm joined by Ernie Bailey. How are you, sir? Bill, I'm doing just fine. That's good to hear. And Mr. Scott Tyner. How are you, sir? Hey, Bill. I'm doing great. Always fun to be here. All righty. Um, Rob and uh, James, Mr. James King couldn't join us today. Just as we're going to put it, life happens or, you know, the sheer fact that some of us have finally uh, broken free from the bonds of having students on campus. And now we can get back into the thing that we love so much, summer projects. Uh, in any event, um, if you, as I say, if you're in higher ed, you know that this has been one of these uh, crunch times in which everyone's like, oh, oh my gosh, we need to get this. And if you're like, you know, guys, if you're like me, you're dealing with folks who have ha suddenly had uh, COVID relief funds that they've been holding on to, like nickels were, hub were um, manhole covers. And they're all of a sudden going, oh, we want to get this. And I'm going, uh-huh. Guys, there's been a shortage in things, and there's some supply chain issues, if you haven't noticed, you know, due to COVID. And uh, we pretty much told everyone, like, after May 10th, or like, just, just forget it. Like, stuff's not coming in. It won't get here by June 30th. We're not going to get it invoiced by then. And, you know, you know what? We're going to go into this with Scott. Uh, Scott actually wrote, wrote, us, uh, wrote a very nice article. Uh, it's on uh, rave pubs, and it's literally about global supply chain issues. And why does this matter to us? Well, like any great projects, if you didn't get the paperwork in ahead of time or if you didn't, you know, figure out that, you know, there have been news articles about semiconductor shortages and some other things, you should have planned for this ahead of time and said, uh, we better get this in now so that, you know, if there is a back order – we're you know higher up on the queue, so Scott, you want to you want to explain this to the fine folks? I mean, you know, most folks know how a supply chain works, but yeah, yeah. The 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 big one, of course, was the semiconductor shortage that everybody's kind of known about for several months now. They really talked about it affecting the auto industry to start. Uh, by the way, if you've driven by an auto dealership, you can clearly see by looking at their parking lot that it has started to affect them. Uh, but the, the amazing thing to me is is everything else that it affects. Plastic is in short supply, packing tape, lumber. And so uh, shipping crates themselves are, are in short supply. So even if we think um, of uh, trade shows and people need pallets or people need boxes to ship things to trade shows, <clears throat> it's going to affect the industry massively. Obviously, there's semiconductors in just about everything we use. There's plastic in a lot of what we use. So um, we've actually been lucky enough. We've worked very carefully with our accounting department, uh, and they've worked with the, the auditors. So we can order stuff right now, mm -hmm. and we can, as long as it's sitting in a box kind of taped off in a corner that says next fiscal year, we do not use it. We can actually receive it before next fiscal year, um, which is going to be very beneficial. 
the other interesting piece uh, that I wrote in that, that blog that we kind of laughed about a little bit as we got ready for recording is the one way we can all help this is by not hoarding stuff. And yet <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be the first person to tell you I just made an order, uh, a significant order of computers uh, that I'm planning for next year because I, I need to stockpile them because I, we just can't run out, right? So it, it'd be great to say everybody don't, don't stockpile, but we're all doing it. And if you're not, you better start. <laughs> we should note up front, Scott is also not telling yeah. folks to fill to uh, fill up uh, Tupperware uh, containers with gas, nor is he endorsing folks to go go out and get toilet paper or anything like that. No, you can't fill up Tupperware. You need to use uh, plastic bags for gas. Ah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. That yeah. way you get the proper, the proper <laughs> that way you get the proper yeah. boom in the car. Yeah, it really fills it right out. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. right. Uh, so this is actually something, so Scott, this is something I actually want to ask both you guys, and I think this will be interesting. Now, uh, first and foremost, I believe Infocom is back on for, uh, this October, I believe. Yeah. And, uh, if anything, you know, as we're talking about all this, my, my brain just kept thinking about this going like, oh my God, the cost of doing a trade show this year and potentially next year is going to be, is going to be astronomical. It's either that or else the folks have already, or else like, you know, you're, I'm sure, let's put it this way. I'm sure your folks like Crestron or Cisco or um, uh, Atlona, well, maybe not Atlona, but um, uh, uh, Kramer and a couple other ones. They're like, oh, yeah, no, our stuff's already been in boxes. We've already got this this portion figured out. But, you know, if you're like me uh, or like a small, you know, if you're like a smaller company and you realize, oh, I have to ship all this stuff out. It may turn back into, hey, our stuff's going to be available on our website during Infocom because you know what, you know, we, we can't afford, you know, the lumber. Let's just say, in Scott's right, the the price of lumber has has just shot through the roof. Which you know, who saw that coming? Um, so, guys, your thoughts on your just? Uh, I just want to hear your thoughts on this one as far as like how this is going to affect Infocom. This is just this is kind of fun. Yeah, I think we will see a a change, uh, like you said. The smaller folks may show up with posters, uh, give us <laughs> pictures of what pictures of what they're making, uh, because they can't logistically get it there. Uh, you know whether it's the cost the cost of the packing material. Uh, we're seeing a shortage of workers across the country, uh, so you may not have people that can move it or that can set it up. Uh, we have, you know, well we saw the ship that got stuck in the Suez Canal uh, a few weeks ago. Yep. Uh, and that's, we're still seeing effects of that. Uh, you know, ground shipment, uh, where I am, the major bridge crossing the Mississippi River oh, dear. Uh, from the East Coast uh, has developed a crack and is shut down for weeks now. So that's a major supply chain uh, disruption right there for us getting things in uh so you yeah know, I think it, we're gonna see that across the country uh and yeah we're i don't think we're gonna see the size booths that we're used to well we might like you were saying we might still see the big folks yeah at infocom but the smaller ones are not going to be there to let us pick up and examine their uh new widgets and I mean, that's a lot of what we do at mm -hmm. InfoCon. Yeah, the, the things – go ahead, Scott. I was just going to say, actually, Ernie, you brought up a, a 
brilliant point that is a, is a supply shortage that I hadn't thought of, and that's staffing. And I, I know I've read some things about how many of our uh, live events type people have left the AV industry because what they had to in the past 18 months. Yeah. How do we get those people back to set up these shows and to, to do um, to do live Setups, events? I mean, breakdowns. I, yeah. I, 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 these companies have to be thinking about that, I'd imagine. That, that's a great point, Ernie. Well, I mean, the uh, AV professionals, you might be able to get back to on, on their side of it, but uh, it's the uh, support teams that, that everyone's hurting for, you know, the, mm. the day laborers, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, that we need to help set up to uh, man the security desk, to keep, keep the place clean. So it can be open, you know, yeah. it, it's, it's every, every industry, every business is seeing the effects. You know, you can't drive down the street, uh, here in Little Rock without passing multiple help wanted signs. I don't care if it's a restaurant, a gas station, uh, a department store, you know, Walmart, whatever. Everybody's looking for, for workers. It's it's one of those things that's going to be interesting. Now, Scott, the th- the little crowbar I'm going to throw on this is on the setup and breakdown side. Most of the time, that's handled. At least when I remember in Vegas, it was I think it was uh, Freeman or so, and those guys are usually union. So I mean that I think there's going to be, as I say, there probably will be an upcharge in things, mostly because you're right. There are going to be some folks who are just like you know what. Uh, I'm not making any any uh, money in this right now. Uh, I'm I'm out of this. The folks who do stayed, they're going to go and say, okay, well then you know what? I'm going to need some more money because I'm going to be busting my hump because we only have this many people in the union hall. Uh, I'm not saying you know for or against either way on that. It's simply guys, it's a logistics thing. And you're right. You you have folks who have done like a mass exodus out of the system. Um, you know, I, uh, if anything, I only know of like at least three or four folks that I know that are over, um, they're a part of the, uh, IATSE union or stage, you know, stage hands union, uh, in New York. And a number of them, you know, ended up, uh, doing, uh, other odds and ends jobs and everything. And I said, are you guys going to go back? They're like, yeah, we already kind of got used to this gig already. It's like, okay. So, you know, you're right. It's it's one of these like, okay, how do we get folks back into this into this realm? Um, I won't lie. The other end of it is I'm not. I'm still on the fence whether or not I'm going to do Infocom this year, mostly because of the sheer fact that it's in Florida, and the uh, sheer humidity of, the, of that show always tends to make me go like, oh, cool. Uh, it is in October. I'll I'll say that yeah. it's it's through the horrifying months. It's still Florida. I mean, the only the only the only temptation that uh, that still draws me down there is the fact that that uh, that my buddy Bradford still is uh, down there still. But you know, other than that, eh. <laughs> October's got to be better than June, though. That's yeah. true. That's true. It's it, I don't know if the humidity's gone down. The temperature has to has to have gone down. But well, I don't know. It's, well, I, say, I, up, I, go ahead. I'm one of these few people that love Florida, and so I I don't care. I mean. 
Angel, it's not AV, but I'll tell you this. In Maine, we survived nine. Yes, we survived nine months of cold. And I've always told everybody, (laughs) I will survive three months of humidity instead of nine months of cold. (laughs) Uh, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Holy cow. Um, You know, comparatively, just for for fun's sake here, um, the girlfriend is down in Brazil. And uh, if anything for her, she's like, oh, it's a it's a really cold winter as of late. I was like, oh, really? What's the what's the temp? She's like, oh, it's uh, for you guys. It's 50. I went, oh, 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 oh. oh that's cold. We, we call yeah. that uh, late summer. <laughs> I, I, I called I call that I'm still breaking out the shorts. Uh, yeah. So in any event, guys, um, like you said, uh, uh, this is one of those things like just there's going to be a ripple like just we're going to be dealing with a ripple effect for a bit. Um, my advice to everyone is simply, well, um, get it in while you can. Just say get the stuff in while you can. Pray that it arrives uh, by June 30th. And if not, uh, well, you know, um, just, you know, I, listen, I'm not suggesting folks do anything. I'm just saying stuff's got to get in. Anyways, I, you know, listen, you, you, you do what you have to do. Uh, my paperwork's all above the board. Yeah, uh, 100%. disclaimer out to our customers, you know, our in-house customers on campus. If they ask us to get them a quote to buy the equipment, you know, they say, I know you can't install it yet, but we need to buy it with, with this year's money. <laughs> we send them a quote and say, okay, here's your quote. We are not providing any kind of guarantee that this can be delivered in time. Uh, for your budget, and we will not be held responsible. Uh, and you know, you you deal with the accountants. You deal with getting it through procurement fast enough to get it to the uh, box house or the integrator that's selling it to us. Yeah, it's it, it's one of those bits where it's like you're right. I, I've kind of almost done the here's the quote. I guarantee nothing. I have to put this in writing. And even still, every now and then, there's like, oh, but but this never happened, and I'm going, you know, this is this is last minute, you know, revert to the shotgun maneuver. Like, I can't I can't guarantee anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that that aside, um, the other thing that popped up on the radar that uh, um, you know we were talking about this before the podcast uh, <clears throat> is the fact that Logitech uh, has uh, gone and they have uh, this unit called the Logitech Scribe. Now, we all kind of saw this thing. We looked at it. Um, uh, neither, as I say, I can say up front, I don't have this device, but I've, you know, we've seen iterations of this. But, um, you know, we kind of talked about this in the fact that uh, Hudley and a couple other companies have made this, this uh, device. Now, if, you, if, you, if you're not familiar with this thing, basically it's a, uh, it works on the same concept of if you were to have a wall-mounted short-throw projector except that instead of projecting out, it's a camera, so it's going in. Uh, the idea is that it's supposed to be able to capture uh, content that's on your whiteboard, and then, you know, later on you're able to overlay that into all your other stuff because, you know, that's not going to be confusing enough for our faculty. Um, my main concern on this one is, the, is two things. Uh, one, um, you know, this is kind of a, this is a cool item, but for a lot of us who already have, like, say, a document camera that's already on a swivel head, uh, 
what's the advantage? Like, I would almost say, what's the advantage to this? Because otherwise you have to literally go into like, say, Zoom or Canvas or um, Blackboard Collaborate Ultra or, you know, whichever, whichever flavor you prefer. And you still have to physically go through and start swapping cameras, which I know for our faculty, um, a number of them really just kind of almost want like a one button setup. Like they get in, they just turn the system on, they log into it, they hit stream or, you know, they just start the session and go. Yeah. And I think it's cool. But at the same time, you know, we're tech guys, we're tech managers. Of course, it's cool. It's like, oh, this, this, this. And, you know, I have to kind of scale it back and say, yeah, if I was teaching this, this would be cool. But I'm not a teacher. And, you know, I, I, as I say, I'm, I'm saying this to you guys, and, and I know I'm saying this to the audience and everything, but it's, it's, it's one of those things. I look at this thing, and I go, this is really cool. But just from an implementation standpoint, it's, it, it seems a little dicey. I don't know, guys, your opinions, thoughts? Uh, the way these that I'm understanding these are supposed to kind of work is you can uh, bring these into your computer and then use them as a shared screen. Or shared content. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of cameras you bring in, uh, at least Zoom, does not allow them to be seen as a separate content. This allows you to still have your thumbnail of your face up there while you're talking. And there's also some uh, AI built into these things where the hand disappears from the camera. The person disappears uh, if they're moving enough. Yeah. Uh, so it looks like you're just seeing the writing on the screen. Uh, like I said, we've played a little bit with the canvas. We've just gotten one in. I have not used the Logitech. Uh, to, we've, we've looked at the different technologies. Uh, we've been pleased with some of Hudley's products that we've used in the past, so we thought we'd give it a try. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not ready to uh, say we've, we've made a decision on any of them, but uh, we do seem to uh, like what little bit we've seen with Hudley so far. So here's my question for you, Ernie, and this is just an integration thing. Um, is that unit really more of like just it's a it's a US it's essentially just a, a an extended USB device or are you guys haven't uh, delved into it that that much? We haven't delved that deep into it, but I okay. think that that's what we're looking at. Okay. Uh, like so, I said, it's it's one of those things. Yeah. Like like I said, from from a integration perspective, I understand where it's coming from. It's I think it's also a response uh, due to the fact that some we still have some faculty who are like, yeah, no, I need to write this stuff out because you know the students are going to see this as them as I'm writing it out and everything else. Um, the reverse of that is I'm going to say. <clears throat> this is this this thing should not be viewed as a replacement for because you know here and there I've had some faculty who have looked at us and said oh cool so we don't need we can just put this up and we don't need a projection screen right I'm like no that's not how glass boards work and that's not how that's not how any of this works <laughs> yeah I I'm I'm amazed so I, I'm a bit a bit of a naysayer although I'm not, I'm not hearing a ton of love for this kind of thing I'm amazed that people are still making the I mean. How many iterations of these things have we gone through in the past 20 years, right? right? I mean, just every few years a new one comes out. Yeah. We've never found a use in a classroom for one of these. K-12 uses them on a, you know, quite a bit. And I've, I've seen a lot of applications for that. But, yeah, selling it in higher ed or especially in uh, 
academic health sciences, we haven't had much success. We use it in some specialized areas. We're actually putting uh, one of the Hudley ones in our new emergency operations center that we're building out. Uh, but that is a that's you know that's outside of really of the education side. That's more on the the healthcare side, uh, and that we're a level one trauma center, and they, they just need a they need a place to capture the whiteboard and get it out pretty quick at times. So yeah, it's Scott. It's one of those things. Like uh, um, once again, this is one of those things we we ended up talking about uh, talking about this uh, before the before the podcast. Uh, if anything, I believe the company was Aereo. And I don't remember who I know they got bought out, but I know they got bought out. I just don't remember the the company off the top of my head here. Um, it'd be amazing if it was Logitech. Um, but Crestron had like OEM'd it and said, "Oh yeah, here, here's like the Crestron board." And we yeah. had seen the thing, and this was like, guys, I want to say that was at least like four, like almost four years back. Like four years it, ago, it was yeah. a while ago. I was. It was an Infocom or something I was at. It yeah. might have even been yeah. uh, ISD that I saw. I, I thought I thought that was pretty. I thought it was interesting, mm -hmm. but yeah. an active learning classroom maybe this could be yeah. used. You, several of them around an active learning or just a meeting room. I I find the use of a whiteboard is an interesting. It, it's a weird word to use, but it it's it, it's for an intimate meeting yeah. that you stand and you and you all are up and down and using the whiteboard. You need a completely different mindset when you're using an environment like this, and uh, I just, no. I've just never bought into them. No, and, and you, go ahead, Darren. I was say the issue that we had, like with that one that you were just talking about, that the Crestron board and the Arrow, you know, the same product, and several that came out about that time is they were cloud-based. You had to mm. send this up to the cloud and bring it back down, and. You know, some of the rules we got into with, uh, you know, internet access in some of the spaces that we were wanting to use and allowing this to do it without a proper login and everything just, you know, gave us a lot of hurdles we had to jump over. We did put one in, one teaching space that does a lot of teaching between here and our children's hospital uh, down the freeway, uh, but it was, you know... I don't know how much they're using it, but they, they insisted on having it. Uh, but many, many spaces that we've put in, whatever type of uh, interactive whiteboard, whether it's with a camera or the sensors on the side or whatever, uh, they've been real neat. They've gone over real well in demonstration, but then you, know, you go back three months later and they've thrown the markers away and they haven't asked for replacement ones. <laughs> You know, fortunately, because they would have had a fit when they found out that they were more than three dollars for a set of four. <laughs> uh, but they, they never used them for what they were used for, what they were designed for. Uh, and, you know, we're just replacing them with a glass board uh, and using that for in rooms use. I've got we have a lot more people wanting to use the uh, interactive uh, monitors. We, we put on the computers uh, for annotation than mm -hmm. they do want to use on the whiteboard. Yeah, so there's two things I've kind of noticed as far as as much as we want to have, like, annotation and everything. And, you know, of course, you know, the faculty is like, oh, here, I want to annotate over this stuff and this and that. Most of the time, whenever we've had faculty who go and write up content on uh, on the glass boards and everything, 
You know what? Uh, you know what most of the students end up doing? Click. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and exactly. it's like, here you go. I, I, I've, I've laughed. I, I, I talked with an associate of mine the other day who I was like, I was like, how do your students get all the notes and everything? He's like, oh, they have a, they have a separate Discord server that they just share all the stuff with and everything. And I'm going, I'm like, cool. Back of my brain was going, I mean, not that you want to get into the realm of Discord, but I would almost, you know, tell him like. Why don't you ask your students for photos of uh, all your notes and everything? That way, you can just upload that all straight to your uh, straight to your Blackboard shell. But you know, once again, that's going down a whole separate rabbit hole that we don't really manage. Um, but not really, Bill, right? Because it, it's it's user centered design. It's like yeah. you can you can build whatever you want, but people are going to use what they want to use. And right. and right, what is the point of putting this whole thing in if students going to grab a, a camera and take a, a screenshot? And if that's what they do. Trying to force them to do something different is useless. Yeah. You go, go back to the story of the uh, Edsel car that Ford built. They ask everybody what they wanted in a car, not what, what they would buy in a car. Yeah. It, you know? it, it's, it, this is very true. This is one of those things where, like I said, I brought it up. It's, it's in the realm of, yes, this looks cool. Oh, the application. Uh, yeah. It's also in the same realm of all this kind of comes down to that's cool. How does this actually accomplish what the faculty need to do? Because at the end of the day, that's really what pretty much all this tech yeah. boils down to. It's okay. How do I get my How do I get my my PowerPoint? You know, we still have faculty who do death by PowerPoint. We still have faculty. Uh, gosh, help me! I still at least have one or two faculty members who used to have an overhead projector that they would have with their with themselves. Yeah. And now we're like, guys, you can just here. Literally, we went and made like a nice, uh, you know, the nice 4K webcam that's also a document camera. Here, you can just do it on the desk, and you're still doing all the same stuff you were doing before. We're, we're just, you know, it, it's it's digital. It's but it's meeting the needs of the faculty because you know I've said it. Exactly. That's what we do, and yeah, yeah, because no, because no kid is saying, oh yeah. Yeah, I want to come to you know I want to come to uh, uh, Bates because you know they got 4K webcams in the classrooms. No one's saying that. No, uh, no. <laughs> it's like no. They're saying a lot of other things. They're not saying that. <laughs> They're not uh, saying that. No, but at the same time they are saying like, oh, I want to go to this program because Professor So and So really knows her stuff, or this program's really well developed. Uh, you know, I, I know that, you know, this has a good pass rate or this class is really hard, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, once again, it's I, I look at these things and my brain goes, this is a cool way to get one version of content across. But it's one of those it, you, you guys have kind of shown me the error of my ways in this. And that is it's cool, but you're right. And like Scott hit the nail on the head on this one. You know, you can build like a wonderful uh, uh, cement walkway path, but if you've been on any college campus, you uh, you can very easily see the very well-worn dirt paths that right. facilities uh, that facilities is never going to put pavers in. They're just yeah. Well, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, you know, I think I've probably shared this here before, but uh, one of our other university campuses here in our town uh, has a policy when they build a new building. They put sidewalks down the second year <laughs> to connect it, and they lay them down on the past the students chose. Now that I actually hadn't heard. Yeah. That is actually that's actually a pretty that's actually pretty slick in its own right. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, it's it, like I said, guys, it's one of those things. I'm just going to sum it up as it looks cool. Uh, however, we've probably seen this thing at least for the past five years running. Um, if there is a way where you could make it now, you know what? I'm just going to sum it up as the students are going to do what they're going to do with this. Uh, you know, uh, as I say, uh, it, it, you know, we're, we're, we're coming up hard on it's trying, it's kind of hard to try to beat this. And I, I think a lot of it yeah. is going to come down. It's coming down more into, okay, how do we get this into their mobile devices? How do we get this into their iPads? How do we, you know, how do we make this easy for them to disseminate all the information? But exactly. And I think we've all gone through the period where we tried to build out the, the coolest, slickest, lecture halls we could and to show off to our faculty how much we know and how good we are. But at least here we're back to let's keep it simple. Let's let's give them what they need. Let's make it a good teaching facility. We've got that one show off room that was built by an integrator for us to show all their special skills and stuff. And it doesn't work very often. <laughs> and you know, yes we have the code, but we keep finding, you know, uh I guess Easter eggs <laughs> buried in it. Yeah, the you're right. There, the the as as funny as it sounds, one of the biggest bits that I've I've noticed, at least with our classrooms, is the ones where we make it where it's friendly for the students to actually get in early and stay and stay in the classroom. If there's if you yeah. know there's there's two things we've noticed that folks have kind of begun to pick up on. One is uh, and you know James will probably see this and laugh. Uh, is the fact that we started putting in some of the room scheduling panels and <clears throat> that's made life easier for students because they can literally just look and say, oh, yeah. it's red. Okay, I'm not going in there, but I, oh, but there's no, there's no class going on in this one. Cool, I can squirrel in here and make this like a little study room and, you know, do my thing in here. The other is the fact that we've made like wireless charging and outlets more available for the students and more specifically in kind of, you know, Technically, they're called like informal learning spaces. Another nice term would be study rooms or soft seating areas. And you guys know as well as I do, like those are good areas for the students. And in, do I think it's, you know, going to change the world? No, but it does give the students one less thing they have to worry about, which means they can focus on their academics, which means they stay here longer. But that's and, me. Well, back to what you're saying earlier. The students might not notice you got a 4K webcam, but they're, if they're doing tours of the, your campus, they're going to see those areas, and that will help them decide that's where they want to go to school. Yeah. Like I said, it's uh, you know what I'm just gonna I'm just gonna sum it up as this: there is some stuff is very cool and innovative. I think we're at least on the higher ed side of things, we're starting to try to focus more on. How do we make our student? How do we make our students more comfortable? How do we make sure that they can, they can access everything that they need and not have to be like you know, you know, pretty much have to go scrounge for a power outlet? I'm not saying you know here we'll just put out power outlets everywhere. That's not solving anything. But if you put it in yeah. specific spaces or at least make it like one of the biggest things I've ever gotten whacked on was uh, first building I ever managed or I did project management for on this campus. On average, the classroom only had four outlets. Do you have any idea how many how many complaints I got from faculty and students who are just like, there's no place to charge stuff, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, ah, and I'm like, oh, holy crap. Why do we only put four outlets in a classroom that holds 40? Like, do we not know? And like, 
and the 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 CIO's defense was, well, you know, st- you know, batteries last so much longer now, and I'm going. Have you seen our students? Have you seen them ever turn off their devices? Like it, it, it don't happen. Anyways, guys, um, that's as I say, that's about all the time we got, um, gentlemen. I'm gonna wrap this up and everything. Uh, Ernie, where can the fine folks find you at? You can find me on LinkedIn. Oh, there you go. And Mr. Tyner, where can the fine folks find your your amazing art, your amazing monthly blogs at? Uh, you can find those at, at Rave Pubs, and I'm on uh, Twitter on a regular basis at S. Tyner. And uh, whoever is involved in that twi- Twitter, twi- Twitter storm, please stop because my phone is going off about 45 times a day. Oh, so. dear. <laughs> Tweet um, storms are awful. <laughs> no, it's, hey, you know what? This is a good problem to have. Um, uh, actually, the, the other thing I was going to ask, Scott, is um, do you, don't you have a secondary uh, podcast that you've been doing uh, lately? or? Yeah, we've been doing this uh, podcast. Uh, you you were my my first guest on it, and and the I, the concept of it really is tech managers speaking directly to manufacturers and integrators and telling them what they what they need, what products they need, what services they need. Um, and so I think we're on our uh, fifth episode uh, now coming out. Uh, Don Merritt from UCF is the is the next person who's uh, getting uh, getting released here. I think maybe even today. Oh, well, there you go, folks. I, I highly suggest you go and check it out. Uh, if anything, Scott's, uh, Scott's been asking some good Q&As with those. So that's just my own thing. Anyways, as always, this is EdTech, part of the AV, AV Nation family of, of podcasts. As always, this is EdTech.